Thunder Media. Today on Inside Supercars, we look at Tail and Bend and find out how a wildcard pole position was engineered. Okay, let's let, let let's uh, let's say that there was a technical advantage. Is this the first time a, a car or a team has had a technical advantage in supercars? Dylan Talabani doesn't pull any punches, and the team principals have their say on the year to date. No, I'm not sitting here now going, hey, I'm, I'm acing it. Um, in, so, in some regard, any any clown could have kept the momentum going with Triple Eight because there's so much, so much good personnel. That's all part of a massive Inside Supercars. You'll really enjoy this week's show with some fantastic chats right from the racetrack. Hi, I'm Chaz Mostert. Hi, I'm Shane Van Gisbergen. And you're listening to Inside Supercars. This program is brought to you by P1 Australia Racing Components, the designer of the oil heat mats for dry sump tank applications. Find out more about the truths on engine oil heating at p1australia.com. From the racetracks across Australia, and here's Inside Supercars. Welcome to Inside Supercars. Tony Whitlock and Craig Ravel, a big weekend of motorsport at Salem Bend. And sure enough, uh, it was an eventful weekend. But unfortunately for the series, um, for everybody but Triple Eight, Shane Van Gisborne again came out of it with three race wins. Craig, um, at least the last race being mixed up with a bit of water, uh, provided some interest to the weekend. It was an interesting weekend, particularly on the back of everyone talking about it's a Ford track, it's a Ford track. And I would hasten to add, every time people are so adamant that something's going to happen, it normally doesn't. Adelaide's a bit like that, uh, particularly if you follow Carlton. <laughs> I must admit, the last race was a very interesting race and true to form... Shane didn't like racing in the wet, but he did do it extremely well. And he made a very good point during the press conference that, well, you look up here and all three of us race on dirt regularly. Perhaps that's the difference today. Indeed, indeed. And you, it's a very good point you make and he made. Um, or Interesting also that uh, Chas Mostert and Brody Kostecki showed that uh, while it has been historically a Ford Mustang track, well and truly Commodores is a weapon you can take there and feel confident about. But um, the, the whole weekend was started with a bit of a bang when uh, after a two-practice session, suddenly Zach Best put himself front and centre with a pole position as a wildcard entry, which is un unheard of. And it was a great tribute to uh, himself, his driving, and uh, to his engineer, who Dylan Talabani, working with Tickford again, um, showed that uh, he was able to engineer a driver to a pole position, which he did last year with Groves and Andre Hamgartner. So it's fantastic for Dylan Talabani. Um, let's hear from Dylan now. Welcome to Inside Supercars. Tony Whitlock and Craig Ravel, and we're joined by a man who uh, had that pleasure 
of taking back-to-back polls at Talem Bend last weekend. But Dylan Talabani, you did it with a different car, a different driver, a different team, but you were still the same. Yeah, I mean, um, yeah, I'm probably more shocked than anyone else about the outcome. Um, uh, I, I do like to make life hard for myself, different car, uh, young rookie driver and um, different team. But, um, you know, it's, it's, it's uh, you know, I just play a tiny part in, in what this uh, – what this team and this dry and what they're doing with Zach, um, I'm just playing a tiny part in what you know in this program really. So um, he did a terrific job, as did Andre the year before, and um, and I'm there just to you know just to uh, nudge them along and massage the car and um, and give them what they need. So um, yeah, I'm 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 chuffed a bit. So I'm I'm really happy for Zach. I'm really happy for Tickford. Um, uh, just to be, just to be there and to help them do that. So, uh, and you know, with with Cam as well, getting getting both poles on Sunday, um, that's a that's a total Tickford pole lockout, really, which is uh, which is pretty impressive. And of course, for you last year, you were continuing on a uh, a history of working with Andre. You'd done been with him for some years at both Tickford and Kelly's, and uh, last year, of course, it was under Grove Management. Um, so a different team, and obviously uh, things all clicked. I, I understand we had a very brief conversation, I think, on um, Saturday afternoon, but you used the Tickford setup in the car, so you weren't going off in a different d- direction with what Grove had used last year. No, 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 no. This is this is um, this is a Tickford philosophy and Tickford setup, and um, and uh, which is you know from the outset. I'm merely, you know, I, I'm a contract race engineer. They they know what they're doing. They've got their own idea of how that car should be set up and run, and um, and I'm, you know, I'm not going to be clearing uh, clearing out all the work that they've done. They're, they've they're in a very good spot. They they've got good knowledge of their car, and um, uh, they've got a great engineering team. And um, you know, I'm I'm learning I'm learning I'm learning a ton off them, and um, you know they're picking little bits and pieces up from me. So it's um, it's good working arrangement. Having worked with Pickford before for a number of years, and you've been around this game for you know almost coming up for ten years or so, haven't you? Yep. Yeah. Yeah. F- uh, Fourteen. <laughs> Fourteen. Right. Yeah. Well. Yes. I'm, and you're at uh, Walkinshaws and Triple uh, Eight for a while and Kelly's and, of course, Groves then. Obviously, you know Tickford well. You know their systems and the way they do things. At working as a contract engineer, I imagine it would be much the same. You know, obviously, the day goes pretty well the same for you. But is it different, though, in some way? I think it's a it's a particularly unique arrangement because um, a lot of the staff that I worked with from 2013 to 2016 are still there. So it's a really comfortable arrangement for both sides, and they're happy to, um, you know, welcome me back and um, you know, open up all of their knowledge and all the things that they've done over the years with the car and how they operate, and um, and I'm happy to be embedded in this team. You know, I mean, the team manager's Matty Roberts. He, I worked with him when you know he he was there when I was there um years gone past and um Johnny Moore is the number one mechanic on the car and the crew chief and he was you know he was Frosty's um number one mechanic when I was there so 
it's it's like putting on a a, a pair of comfortable old shoes. It's it, it's just a comfortable arrangement, and um, and they've welcomed me very very well, really. And as you demonstrated, it's obviously a very fast pair of shoes because I mean, not only did Zach get that pole on Saturday, then backed it up with the seventh. He had a, a poor race twenty two qualifying. That was I think he's about sixteenth in that one. Yeah, I mean that. The, the the how the weekend went is a huge learning is a huge lesson for him because um saturday was everything going our way and him him uh, performing with no errors and with no issues and him performing you know at his best basically and you know getting pole is that, that that's it you can't really you can't really ask for anything more from that um but Sunday is more of a um, is a more of a realistic day of racing or qualifying that he needs to be aware of as well, especially in main game. You know, he he made one mistake in that qualifying when we when we when we finished up sixteenth. Um, you know, he lost half a second in one sector of the in one sector of the lap, and um, and that's dropped him out from you know the top five to down to where he was. So, and that was with one mistake that he did, and. In Super Two, if you make that one mistake, you might drop, you know, two spots, three spots because the field spread is is a bit bigger in Super Two. But if you lose half a second in main game, as we saw, he's dropped 11, 12 spots. So, um, so it just shows you how demanding main game is, and and how critical it is to have a clean qualifying. I mean, even his seventh on the final qualifying. Um, that he was in the grass at the last corner, um, so we dropped over a tenth at the last corner. So if if he hadn't made that mistake, we were looking at P3, which would have been a really really amazing display after all of the um, I suppose all the controversy from the Saturday qualifying. I'm trying to rack my brain, Dylan, but 2013. I'm pretty sure you were with Nissan Racing at the time. No, 2013 was my first year at um, FPR. So I was Will Davison's uh, data engineer 2013. And I, start, and I stayed there until 20, end of 2016. And then 2017 was my first year at Kelly Racing. I was about to say, you wouldn't believe your luck if you were involved in Jungle Juice and Tiregate. <laughs> yeah, no, yeah, no, no, no. Thankfully, that was... Uh, that was before my time, and uh, and I, you know you know what I still don't know what happened that day, and uh, I um yeah it's still a mystery. I don't know what it was. I don't think anything happened that day for the jungle juice. It was just it was just um, you know rumors and controversy again for um, you know a car that shouldn't be competing where it was. That was where I wanted to go with this. You had a young driver who was full of beans, who was experienced in these cars, experienced at this track, it stands to reason, give him a good car, he's going to put in a good performance. It sours it when people start talking around the edges about technical advantages, which bear no resemblance to steering the car, which is the job he did. Yeah, yeah. I mean, okay, let's, let's, uh, let's say that there was a technical advantage. Is this the first time a car or a team has had a technical advantage in supercars is this the first time that that you know um someone has taken advantage of uh, of you know some arrangement or situation or you know there's stories going back 10 20 years about you know 
HRT having 25, 35 more horsepower than any other team in pit lane. You know, all of these stories going around. So, you know, I just regard this as as um, as a controversy that that it's 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 a bit unfortunate, really, because supercars could have made a really, really um, had a really, really good story storyline about what happened on that Saturday, and they um, chose to not dwell on that and move on from it because of some voices in pit lane. Yeah, they kicked an own goal effectively. Yeah, absolutely, absolutely. And you know, I, I, I've had so many friends of mine that um, that weren't really into racing, but messaged me over the weekend saying, saying, you know, I didn't know this was possible. How has this happened? You know, and uh, and and people that have watched the sport for decades saying that this is the best thing that they've seen in years in supercars. Um, because people want a story, they want a new bright light to follow. They, they, you know, that they, they, they're looking. People are looking for the next Scott McLaughlin because at the moment there isn't one. And that is probably where your skill set has been very helpful in this case in the development of the young driver, because you've had that chance to work with so many different drivers. Yeah, yeah. I mean, um, yeah. Uh, um, every driver is different. And, and I'm sure that in the time that you guys have, have, have spoken to different drivers um, uh, throughout the years, there's a huge spectrum of um, personalities and, and, you know, ways that these drivers operate. And, um, and Zach is, you know, he's 20 years old. He's, um, he's, he's, um, he's incredibly quick. He's naturally talented. Um, and he's got really high aspirations. Um, so I'm still adapting because I'm, you know, only a few rounds in working with him. I'm still adapting and learning about how to extract the best from him and how to guide him best. And, you know, it even comes down to what language you use and how you, how you either calm him down or you fire him up. Um, and when to do that so um, this is you know again it's a psychological game as as much as a technical game so um, and that bit really kind of interests me and you of course uh, Dylan would be very happy to continue on working with him in the Super 2 series oh yeah 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 um, it hasn't you know we haven't worked together for that many days this year but um, I get along with him a lot and um, it it's probably a bit it's probably a a bit concerning that he's 20 and I'm 41 and we have a similar sense of humor and a similar sense of taste and things like that. But, um, you know, he's, he's just a really down to earth, funny bloke, funny lad from the, from, from, from Benalla. And, um, and you know, there's, there's, there's no ego about him and, um, and he's just, he's a pleasure to work with really. And it's, you can see that over time, um, polishing him up, polishing his techniques and his methods, he's going to be a, a real force to be reckoned with. Going to Bathurst this year will be a bit different for you, worrying about the the Saturday and Sunday races as opposed to just the one race and, you know, three days of qualifying to get to the one race. Yeah, yeah. I mean, um, thankfully, he is probably the most comfortable and confident driving at Bathurst. Um, that's, that's, 
so that's one thing that um, he shares in common with Andre as well. Um, he just has a has a knack and has an understanding of what's required at Bathurst. So um, so that that is a huge relief for me because um, going to going to that track, knowing what you have to do, knowing what the expectations are each day, each session. Um, is a huge part of having a successful weekend. And if I don't have to tell him uh, what, what's expected of him each day, then that's it's it's another load off my mind, and I can just keep on doing my own job. So um, yeah, it, it, it's it's really exciting. I'm I'm really excited to see what he can do this year at Bathurst, and I'm sure it'll be something something special again. Next on your sh- schedule is Sandown, um, which I'm sure is a track you know and had experience at um it would be one that you know because it, he he obviously enjoyed the uh, very open track of uh, uh tail and bend that Sandown would in some ways have that same sort of feel about it yeah it yeah it does have a um similar feel uh, technically it's uh, it's 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 very different to tail and bend in terms of what you need to go fast um it's a very low grip circuit, whereas Tail and Bend is probably the highest grip circuit that we go to. Um, so we've got a low grip circuit. Um, the main game will have super soft tires. That will throw an, another another uh, uh, variable into how we how we function over the over the weekend. And um, it's it just requires different strengths from the car. Um, good curb riding ability, um, good traction and power down, and um, and and really strong braking performance. So um, I am quite confident that um, that the Tickford car is going to be very strong there, and that Zach is going to be very strong there. But there's a history of uh, the cars being strong in Adelaide, so uh, we'll make the assumption that uh, he's certainly got a good chance in the championship. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. I mean, um, for him personally, I think Eastern Creek is a bit of a bogey track and maybe for Tickford as well. So to come out of there leading the championship, albeit because of, you know, a fully wet weekend, um, that's kind of minimised the damage in his championship. Um, But Perth really did harm the championship and that was my first weekend with him and with the team. And um, having that DNF and, and the car wasn't really working that well, um, that's that's put the championship hopes back a little, but um, from then onwards, you know, Townsville, then we've got Sandown, Bathurst, and Adelaide. Um, things are looking up for um, our chances, and and I'm confident that we can really close the gap. And um, and if and if things fall our way, then then we can probably recover the championship lead. Well, Dylan Talabani, thank you for joining us again on Inside Supercars. It's great to have you back. And uh, look forward to catching up at Sandown. I'm uh, sure it's going to be a wonderful weekend and uh, it'll be wonderful to be back at that track, which, you know, has been sadly missing for a while, it seems. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Well, thanks a lot for your time, gentlemen. It's been a pleasure. It's certainly a great story because Dylan has been around this paddock for 14 years. He knows these cars well and has shown time and time again that he's able to come in and engineer a car and get it to a you know very successful weekend. Um, Shane also had some wonderful comments he made about Zach Best. Shane effectively said that uh, while he'd never raced against Zach, he didn't do anything silly and he was, a, he was good to race against. But Zach didn't bend over and just say, oh, it's your race. Here you are, go past me. 
He ended up fifth because he also had conceded a place to Cam Waters to allow him pass, obviously, as a championship runner. But Zach certainly covered himself well, and let's hear from him now. Yeah, thank you. Obviously, huge shock to me, huge shock to the team. Did not expect to be there. We're just aiming for a top 15, and to come out pole was extraordinary. So, yeah, really enjoyed enjoyed putting the lap together, and it was probably the best lap of my life, really. You've uh, done Gen 3 here before, or uh, Super 3, Super yeah. Super 3 here, rather, and had pole in that as well. You probably yeah. got here six seconds faster or something like that. Yeah, it gone a lot faster than that, but I got, managed to get the lap record in Super 3 when I last raced here, so it was really exciting, so I sort of just built on what I did last time in a supercar here, and yeah, just love the place. And when you say the best lap of your life sort of thing, I mean, did it feel like it when you are doing it? Yeah, it felt, I was so nervous the last few corners because I had it on the dash, the predicted lap, and I'm looking at it going, wow, this is just unbelievable, it can't be right. I was so nervous the last few corners, just put it together, get it across the line, and yeah, it was Awesome. Well, you certainly showed your colours well and truly there. Um, you back that up today. Uh, 16th, you said, in that's race uh, 21 yesterday. Race 22, you got to 16th, you said? Yeah, 16th. I uh, was looking for a bit more front and obviously went went a bit too far with the with bars and stuff. And, um, yeah, just made a real scrappy lap and didn't get it together. But in the second qualifying session, bounced back and showed our pace. But put in the grass, another scrappy lap, just couldn't get them together today but yeah we'll fight hard in the race and hopefully move up and yeah. and then seventh in that in that second qualifying yeah today. seventh seventh yeah so it's just in the in the grass last corner but yeah we'll push push on and hopefully can follow some of the other tickford boys through and get a ticket podium i don't know if you've had a chance as yet you may not have because your probably feet aren't touching the ground <laughs> yeah. but you also then finished up fifth in the race 21 yeah in a way i'm almost a little bit disappointed but i did the team thing and was just there with cam just Needs to, he's got a championship to focus on. We're not in the championship, so yeah, yeah just push on the best I could. And fifth still an unbelievable result for us, so we're wrapped. And, and the great thing was that Shane actually you know, paid quite a compliment to you in the press conference. Yeah, Shane, Shane raced very fair and hard, and I didn't make it too hard for him. Obviously, he's got a championship to race for as well, but um, yeah, we just tried to keep it clean out there and yeah, had a good race. And you certainly did and, and did all that you were supposed to and coming home in fifth place is obviously a wonderful achievement as a, as a wild card because uh, this is your uh, second round that you've done in the main game. Yeah, second round the main game. Darwin was a bit of a nightmare for us but we've shown our true pace and what we really can do and what we're about so hopefully people remember this and yeah. I'm sure they will, and uh, your black car will be out there and uh, shine the flag uh, very high. So congratulations, Zach Best, and we look forward to catching up later in the year. Thank you. One of the great things at the weekend, Craig, I made an ambition to speak to as many of the team owners as I could from a number of aspects. One was to get their summary on, A, how the series is going, how their year is going, and also to get some idea about their ideas for the future with Gen 3. But it's worthwhile reflecting on how well some of these guys were able to say that, you know, and there's a mixed field here because some of them are very, very well happy and uh, getting ready for Gen 3, uh, others not so. But let's hear from some of these team owners. Jamie Wincup in his new role. First time we've really talked officially in your new role as uh, CEO. 
Uh, managing director is, managing the, is director. the correct term. Yeah, yeah. The, <laughs> the job description. Okay, yep. all right. Yep. So far, so good because you, you've actually got a pass mark. You've got uh, leading a championship, two drivers in the top ten. Yeah, crikey! Yep. It's, 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 yeah, it's, it's, and and, uh, and leading the championship as well, which is, oh, the team's championship as well, which is yeah. nice. But um, yeah, no, let's let's not. Uh, I'm not kidding myself. Um, you know, my predecessor Roland Dane did a very very good job. He uh, he's, he's benchmarked it for you though, for sure, for sure. Yeah, and and um, he got you know there's still a lot of momentum from last year that's carried through to this year. Systems so, in place. Exactly, exactly. So um, no, my true performance, you know, the, the gauge of what how I'm going as a managing director, that'll come towards the end of this year, start of next year, you know, and, and obviously the years following. So no, I'm not sitting here now going, hey, I'm, I'm acing it. <laughs> um, in, so, in some regard, any any clown could have kept the momentum going with Triple Eight because there's so much, so much good personnel. Um, on it's, the test, the test time is going to be um, where the, if we maintain this trajectory that uh, that RD set a very very good standard on over many years. Talking with one of your ex workmates, David Couchy, this morning. Oh yes. I was asking him to gauge his performance, and yeah. he says I'm the hardest taskmaster yeah. on myself than probably anybody else would be. And yes. Sure. Up and I think the same applies. Yeah, you've had something set in the way in which you go about doing things. Yeah, for yeah. sure, for sure. And we, we know oh, both Catchy and I. We, we know the limits. You know what I mean. Yeah. We know where. Um, you know we we know we know high performance when we see it, and uh, it's tough to it's tough to get there, and it's tough to maintain for a long period of time. So um, no, no, we're 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 in the grind. We love motorsport more than anyone and um, yeah, looking forward to the journey well uh, one of the things probably easiest to, to embark on is obviously Shane's got his 12 wins or so so far this year yep. but the other one is his teammate your ex-car your ex-seat ex, uh, so to speak in Brock yep. has clearly demonstrated that he was the man you, he was right for the job yeah I believe so for sure and you know, Brock's doing a great job he's you've got to, we've got to remember he's 19 years old absolutely he, he's, a, yeah. he's a young kid still in his P-plates yeah. And uh, we've, he's been given a huge opportunity to to drive one of the, the quickest cars in the in the main game, um, and I think he's he's you know he's showing a lot more maturity than, than certainly his age. He's he's going out there forever learning. It's great results like P P four P four on the grid starting this afternoon, which is um, which is fantastic for for first first era. He he'd had a very good grounding because he'd been. Um, around a bunch of people around motorsport, the Paul Morris Academy, so to yeah, speak, yeah. Um, and seen the way in which you should do things in the way. Um, in a similar way, you had when you joined Triple Eight, and I yeah. so remember that weekend standing in a paddock on the Monday afterwards, your first win, your first yeah, round. Late, yeah. and, and I've turned to Ludo and said, you know, boy, you were lucky to get Jamie. He was cherry ripe for a win. <laughs> oh, yes, but he better not better drive one of those Gary Xbox cars. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, and, and it sort of wild me a little bit. Ludo and I had an ongoing feud sort of thing, not deep feud, but yeah, yeah. ever since, because, I mean, clearly you were cherry ripe for that. You know, that, that you'd done all the things and it's interesting because I know you, your uncle well and I've yeah. been and visited him and chatted him numerous times yeah. and it's that thing where I think a lot of the public misunderstands you because they don't realise that you had been so well groomed not taught but groomed in the way in which if I do these things I should win Yeah. and because you didn't go euphoric and jump around like a maniac yeah. well 
yeah, well, I did all the things right, and therefore, I mean, but, yeah. and people have written about that for years as, you know, oh, he, he just doesn't celebrate enough, you know, he's, <laughs> you're a bastard, aren't you? <laughs> well, you've got to be true to yourself, you know what I mean? I know, like, I understand. No point being somebody else that you're not, yeah. that's, yeah. Um, that's yeah. first and foremost, you've got to go home at the end of the day, look yourself in the mirror and go, have you been, have you been true to yourself? Have you, have you, have you done the right thing by yourself? Um, and most days I've gone home and said yes. One of the things that is obviously when you've gone off in a new direction, and this is a new direction, you're doing the same business but in a totally different role. Yeah. Are you enjoying it? I am. I'm, I'm enjoying the. I'm enjoying the challenge for sure. For sure, I'm enjoying, and I enjoy the challenge of driving. You know, are you are you are you having just are you having fun? You know, grinding it out day in day out. It's not. It's a. It's a weird type of fun. It's not. It's not fun like going and throwing the frisbee on the beach you know what I mean or going out fishing or you know what I mean that that's there's fun there but then the the actual satisfaction and enjoyment you get out of um of of working hard and achieving things as with a group of people um I've been able to enjoy that with um as a driver and but and I'm really enjoying it now as a as a managing director. have you found it a little different I'm not suggesting for one second you would have but have you found any transition within? Because you've got a large group of people who are all, you know, very skilled at their work, yeah. and they're all highly motivated to achieve one thing. Have they all made the transition for Jamie Winkup? One? No, a different Jamie Winkup. You know, some... uh, um, in some way, yeah, your relationships change, no doubt, with um, with with your teammates, being from being a driver to a, a managing director. But um, you you actually. In some regard, it's going to sound a bit strange, but you actually, you actually get reset. Your your respect, not respect, not respect as a human, but respect for your role. Right. You, you, that takes a big reset. Everyone respected me as a driver, but as a managing director, then I'm 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 coming in new. I'm coming in new, clean clean slate. Yeah. And and you've got to earn that respect. You know that's that's just the way it goes. Yeah. So of course we always respect each other's people, but um, in the roles, yeah, I've got to earn that respect. So yeah. I'm that's I'm working hard, grinding it out to try to gain that respect as what I did um, as as a driver. One of the fantastic things in um, you know I've I've known Shane, Shane right from when he arrived in those days with David John and the Stone Car and all those sort of things, Oran yeah. Park. He brings a different look because he had a different upbringing to you and I had and virtually anybody else. It was wonderful to hear him talking about Zach Best yesterday and him coming up to uh, to try and pass him. And he paid a lot of respect to him. I'd actually interviewed just Zach a few minutes ago and he was you know really quite pleased that Shane, he said, I didn't want to just fall mm. over for him. Mm. As someone suggested to me that there are drivers here who put the indicator on which side to pass sort of thing. <laughs> <laughs> um, and that's not what Zach did, you know, but he didn't fight because he knows it's, you know, this guy's in a championship, I'm just here. And... Yeah. But yeah. it was terrific to hear Shane actually showing that respect to a competitor who's, you know, doesn't matter what re reason he got there, he was on pole. And, you know, you've got to pay respect to that. But... For sure, for yeah. sure. No, he, he, they, those guys entered a car and come here and... Absolutely, they are, they they put it on pole position, which is which credit credit where credit's due. So I don't know. We you know there, there's been a bit of talk about oh, some drivers are moving over for Shane and others aren't, but that's that's all a bit artificial. Like if, I, I've seen Mozzie a few times. He's like, this guy's going to get me either this lap or I'm just going to hurt myself and just try to hold him up for five laps. You know what I mean? So in some regard, 
those drivers are just being smart and uh, and looking after their own race, yeah, yeah. not not being soft or anything like that. You know, that's just the way it goes. And I've I've done the same thing for many years as well. You know, yeah, you, yeah, you, you, yeah. you got to pick your battles, pick, pick your, your battles, yeah, exactly. Yeah. yeah. Tail and Ben on a Saturday night, sitting opposite Tim Edwards of the mighty Tickford Racing Empire. An interesting day because um, your wildcard man out of left field, bang. Smacks it on pole. Yeah, I think he shocked himself as, he, <laughs> as much as he shocked everybody else. But, uh, you know, I think qualifying was part of it. But the reality is, you know, come the race, you know, he he did himself proud. You know, yeah. He stayed out of trouble. He, he got his elbows out when he needed to. He didn't put a foot wrong, you know, didn't lock tyres, didn't run into people or anything stupid. He, um, he did himself proud. And it did the, exactly the right thing. Didn't fight too hard with Shane when he's coming through. Um, but didn't just like fall over, as some drivers are prone to in this series. Well, there's drivers in this series that basically put their indicator on <laughs> and wave him past. Yes, Thankfully, indeed. he's not one of them, and, no. uh, you know, and uh, nor is Cam. So, yeah, have a listen to some comments that Shane made about um, him in the press conference, because it was terrific to actually hear Shane. I don't know him, but he did a terrific job because he didn't try and fight with me. Um, but I made sure that I, I gave him the room that he needed. And so here it is, somebody who is setting a benchmark in this category. Yeah. And he's paying respect to a young driver who doesn't know, but, you know, obviously getting it. Well, they, you know, at the end of the day, those young blokes are the future of our sport. Because, you know, it may be in 10 years' time, you know, that, that, that interview is Zach talking about some other young guy because you know because he won't be doing this forever you know <laughs> we all get old you you may know that all too well indeed um and uh, you've had a relatively painless day because um cam and james and uh, uh thomas were you know all there in the finish yeah, yeah i mean you know to, to, i said to thomas after the race i said what is it have you got a phobia about being in the 10 because you know he was the 11th you know that's almost like he's you know he's knocking on the door and we just you know he just needs to get over that threshold and um and and get it into the 10 so you know he had a solid drive today you know james had a, a difficult qualifying but had a good race uh, unfortunately for young uh, jakey um, he skidded across the the pit entry line going too quick and got pinged for speeding in the pit lane, so got himself a drive through. So that that sort of scuppered his day. Yeah, and it's not a big indiscretion, but it's a one that'll cost you. Yeah, that's right. But at the end of the day, like I said to him after the race, fortunately he has two more shots at it tomorrow. Barry Ryan, the head of uh, Erebus. Not unusual to see guys in their second year having a bit of a lean trot because. Um, you know, they don't have the, the, quite the excitement of their inaugural year mm. when, when your guys were, you know, maybe not taking polls and winning races, but, you know, certainly uh, showing that they were well and truly part of the game. Yeah. yeah. No real problems at all? No, it's just, a, it's just a shift in mentality. This year we come into um, wanting to really focus on winning races, not just getting top fives. And yeah. that, that changes your whole dynamic because you're not just consolidating and making sure the car's fast enough to get top fives and tens like last year. Yeah. We're now trying to push for wins and sometimes you go backwards to go okay. forward. So, yeah. And for the running the third car at Bathurst, have you had to man up a bunch of people or have you got access yeah, to Yeah, the same people we had pretty much last year apart from Braun. Braun's obviously at Team 18 now. He was going to manage it for us, but we've got Damo who... Still works for us. He was our GT manager for years, so yep. he'll step up and do that. And we've got the same crew we we wanted to have. Some of them have got experience in the with Image helping Terry. So 
Yeah, we've got a really good experienced crew for that car, so there's okay. no stress. And, and that's something, having a connection with Terry Wahoon and Mitch Racing, that's really worked well for you because that also gives you that avenue for blooding new people in. Yeah, know. definitely. Yeah, and wild cards like Jordan's done, Terry's been able to do it without the pressure of Super 2, so he's been able to just you know, help out there and um, it's been good for him and good for his team. One last one. I was talking with Tim Edwards about it. Um, that your the team principals, team owners are getting an opportunity to uh, have a voice uh, with race the organisation about uh, formats for, for in the future. Um, desire to have a, a second enduro, for instance. Yeah, just I'm not even thinking about it. I'm just worried about Gen Three at the moment. Okay. And once Gen Three is on the track, you know, we've got yeah, to talk about we'll formats. How long we're going to yeah. race here? I really want to get Gen 3 ticked off as everyone does and then however we go racing doesn't really matter. Right. As long as it's entertaining. Uh, thanks. We're with Ben Croke, who's team manager, DJR. DJR. <laughs> and Shell V Power, of course. Um, and Ben, uh, a reasonably successful day so far. It's qualifying's happened and you've got a couple of cars in the 10. Yeah, yeah, we have. Um, Anton 5 and Will 6. Um, we went the hard way about it on car 17 with a through the, the first session, but uh, they're, they're both there or thereabouts. Okay. And um, it's been another four days, so to speak, because a, a young man in the name of Zach Best has stepped up and put another um, Ford Mustang pole position at Tail and Bend, which is, happens to be a tradition here. You've had a, a few of them in the past and more than likely have a few more in the future. That's the plan. <laughs> yeah, okay. Let's just have a look at the season so far. While uh, both your guys are in the top, 10 I think top 5 maybe top 4 at times uh, shown plenty of speed but not quite had the race pace there both an engineering and a driving challenge obviously yeah I think we started the year um, with good qualifying speed um, we couldn't probably get a handle on our race car but I think that was only probably compared to Shane uh, in the 97 car I think for the most part we were probably pretty reasonable compared to most others and you know we would uh, get ourselves into the races, go with the early tyre strategy or pit stop strategy, which has worked for us in the past. And then um, you know once we sort of cleared out of the road, the '97 car would um, he'd press on for a bit, probably going a fair bit quicker, and could um, then finish on better tyres. Um, it's probably been a bit of a story for a lot of the races. Um, Townsville, I guess we um, we sort of tried to do something different, tried to force them into doing something, and nearly worked for us. Um, and then I think you know you see on the Sunday at Townsville, we basically did the same thing, and we ended up, you end up with the same result. So at times we've had to try something different, and at other times we've kind of just um, hung in there. Uh, I think at Darwin was probably a bit of a turning point for us in terms of race pace. We managed to put them under pressure and attack them with two cars and, um, you know, come away with the win and probably similar in Perth on the Sunday. Okay. Now, um, most of the year um, it's been pretty clean running. Um, of course, at both Darwin and at Townsville, there were absolute track moments for both DJR and Triple Eight cars. And in both of them, there were penalties handed out and uh, one uh, seemed um, not quite uh, delivering back to what Will had got in from Shane in Darwin, and then <laughs> come Townsville, uh, uh, Shane, you know, while he talked about how he thought he was going to get a, give uh, a bigger penalty to Anton, as it turned out, it was the penalty that put Anton back as where he would have been anyway. 
So it must have been a challenging moment because you had some... Uh, well, you were out in the pit lane war, I understand. Yeah, I was. I think the officials absolutely got it right in that point in time. The, the two guys racing each other, they were nine, ten seconds out in front of everyone and Anton had probably earned the right to, to have a little crack. Um, he did so, turned shame, they both got going again and both drove to the finish line. So um, I think they absolutely got it right and, you know, it didn't quite work out, but it didn't affect the finishing order of the, how they were running prior to that. So no harm done. And in fact, I think fortunately, you know, it came out pretty quickly, the five-second penalty. Yep. And uh, as uh, Vince would have it, that uh, Cam was six seconds behind, so therefore there was no change in the actual finishing order or podium. Yeah, exactly. But I imagine that there still were some anxious times because stewards involved in things on racing, you know, there always are. Uh, a little bit. I was pretty confident even when I saw it happen. I, I just, I initially, my first reaction was, oh, that's going to be a five-second penalty. And, um, yeah. Well, second reaction after that was to see what the time gap was back to third place and uh, 6.6 seconds or something. So yeah. I'm like, It'll be five seconds, Shane wins the race, we were second, we were, you know, that's the way they were running, no harm done. Now, if, you know, if Shane had been passed by three cars or something like that, then then you're talking a different penalty, but they finished as they were. Yep. Okay, so that's been the only sort of grubby bit of the year, really. Most of the time it's been pretty clean track running. Um, Pit stop's still just as important as ever. And there, of course, we had fuel stop races, so they become even more. Do you think the combination of race distances, lengths, in this weekend we're back to a three-race format, do you think through this year has been pretty good? Yeah, I don't, I don't mind it. We've ended up with this three-race format as a the byproduct of the COVID thing and cutting pit crew numbers down and that. Me personally, I think I'd like to see a longer race return on the Sunday. Yep. Um, you know, short race Saturday, longer race Sunday. Um, but you know, we'll, we'll wait and see. Well, of course, that, when you and I first on. met, we were in the land of the three 20 minute races, yeah, uh, all on, on Sunday, yeah, yeah, on the Sunday, yep, and no pit stops and anything like that. So, yeah. you know, we've like to think we've evolved a long way down the track, but we're kind of you know, still doing the same thing effectively over two days now is what we were doing as someone years ago. who was then spannering cars, I imagine that Sundays were pretty hectic things, having to get the cars back out for every session sort of in the day. Yeah, they were. Um, the cars were probably nowhere near as labour-intensive and, and yeah. set-up oriented. Probably a bit more robust, though. Oh, a lot more robust, yeah. yeah you know, yeah. You'd, you'd take a, a hit and just sort of patch it up with a bit of tape and it would be fine, you know. Now these things are on set-up patches between every session and, um, you know, you're talking about millimetres and point ones and, and this and that. And, you know, it was all done accurately back in the day, but it probably wasn't as big an emphasis. Bruce Stewart, the CEO, Managing Director, Team Principal. Team principal. Oh. <laughs> On make the coffees, make the coffees, sweep the brooms, yeah, Kiwi yeah. Battler. <laughs> of Walkinshaw and Dreddy United, and uh, been a good and bad weekend. Uh, we've yeah. we've got uh, Chazzy for two days and two races has been on the podium. Yes, and shown plenty of pace, and yep. the team's gone well. And unfortunately, Nick's got some damage. He will get out in the next race. I hope so. I, hope um, so. I expect so. But and our team are working Furiously. amazingly hard. And uh, this is teamwork, and it's personified for supercars. You Absolutely, know? on yeah. TV it can look like one driver versus another. The one thing that you didn't experience, which I did back in the nineties, was when we had three twenty-minute races on a Sunday. Seriously, it, wow. it, 
You know what the biggest difficulty was? Yeah. Was trying to get drivers to remember which race something happened uh, yeah, in. You, you know? know what? That's a fair point. Because uh, you actually have to, you have to, as a journalist covering it, you had to get around between each race. If you didn't, they get so good. Was that in the second one or the third <laughs> one? Or, you know. Anyway, we're now in a situation where two races on Sunday. Yes. One big thing that's happening this year that uh, has been a long time in gestation is the new factory for Walton Joy Oh, yeah, totally. Um, yes, we've been at the current one for quite a few years, so more than a couple of decades, and it was much needed, I think, to uh, not only for our partners and, uh, you know, for the people around the business, but for our staff to feel that they've got somewhere they can be very proud of to go to, that... It's comfortable, feels that it reflects the values of our team and they feel like they're working for a premium organisation. I don't think there's any secret that McLaren's headquarters look like McLaren's headquarters. Like, there's a level of pride, I'm sure, every time they walk in the door there. Now I'm saying we're building a big class, um, beautiful offices like McLaren, but certainly we'll have a lot of pride in it and we'll have a great presentation feel to it. And uh, it's something that you do for your own staff to not only retain them, but also bring on other quality people into your business. I've uh, spent many years visiting Clayton Compounds, yeah. and uh, uh, yeah. I'm uh, sure that I'll be visiting and seeing some of the new shelving being put up to uh, old <laughs> trophies for future years. Oh, yeah, well, we, we just collated all of our trophies over decades together, and it was a huge amount, and uh, we polished them all, had we got um, people in to polish them, because it was you know over a week's work, but, you know, you've got to give it a level of respect because when they're on display, it's our history, our pride, it's uh, the great races and, that we've won and the success for the great drivers who've driven for HRT and, and Walkinshaw Racing. So I think that's um, we've got to be respectful of that and proudly display it. Okay. But we want to add some more to that. And, and you're moving in how soon? Well, we have... We have um, property over the premises now but we're just fitting it out and uh, looking working through the floor presentation and so I would hope that we're moving after Sandown and uh, that will be a really proud moment. Matt Cook at Premier Racing and uh, it's day one of this event but you've had uh, a number now this is number eight for the year is it number seven? Yeah, seven's or eight rates meeting. Oh, you? sorry, yeah, seventh, yeah, yeah seven. seventh. Yeah, yeah, yes. And we've got Sandown coming up next week, oh, a couple of weeks' time. Yep. Matt, um, you've had a, a big year because it's a job that you hadn't done before. You've already done something that you probably hadn't done before, and that's moved to a new factory. <laughs> yeah, it was very exciting. It was, um, you know, uh, the team obviously very early in January, um, you know, sort of come to fruition. So we were working out of the top fuel drag car uh, factory. Uh, we should actually make note at this stage that uh, since I last spoke to Peter, he's now a two-time top fuel champion. He is, yes. Very, very excited about that. And you guys were able to celebrate. Yeah, we were. Yeah, we, we eventually, well, we're very lucky that we got to be there on the Friday and the Saturday night and watch him, watch him race. So it was very, very exciting for him. He was very happy to, to be crowned the champion. And uh, yeah, it's always good when the boss is happy. Had you ever been this close to a top fuel sort of racing at all? I had been to the Winter Nationals in Queensland like many years ago but I was never able to stand on the line and, and feel the <laughs> kick in the chest that you get from one of those yeah, cars yeah. when they launch. I, I'd similarly be oh. on, on that line yeah. at Calder yes. back in the day and, and it was probably 80s or something like that in the days of Thunderdome and it is, it is abysmal, you think oh. you're going to actually lose your guts. Yeah, yeah. It, it's a kick in the chest and the face actually now yeah. that I think back to it, it it's amazing how those cars 
get to speed in such a short period of time. And, and one of the things, of course, it's given you a clue as to the man who now you report to, <laughs> um, because you don't make decisions about, oh, I think I should do this. If you haven't made the decision, you're in the fence. Yeah, exactly. And at like 500 plus kilometres an hour in about, you know, three seconds, there's a fair bit going on and there's still some decision making that he has to make on, on the fly. And yeah, I take my hat off to him. There's probably a few screw loose up there as well on that, on that gentleman. <laughs> I imagine it rattled your brain box pretty well. Yeah, yeah exactly. Okay, getting back to your business. So you're in the new factory, um, yep. which is Arundel. And, I mean, it's a part of the coast that you know well mm. because yep. motor racing has been involved, you know, around that area for the last 30-odd years. Yeah, yeah. Um, but it, it's a fresh piece of paper for you in terms of having a two-car team there and it's, it's yours to build. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, we've moved into a, a new facility. You know, we've done some heavy renovations there to make it um, V8 supercar friendly. Um, you know, we there was no no expense spared. We had a, an open checkbook and we made it very nice and um, and livable. Um, everything's got a home. Everything's got a, a spot to be in. So we're we're very grateful for that. And um, it's just all about you know maintaining it, keeping it clean and nice. And um, yeah, building our little team from uh, from very humble beginnings only a few months ago. Now, well, one of the most obvious changes was the, the public one of Gary left the team after Darwin, and uh, you welcomed on James Golding, who's a pretty experienced young kid. He's done a lot of racing in recent times in different categories. So um, he, he's got to shift into a team that's uh, just uh, barely finding its feet under the table, so to speak. Yeah, I think, um, you know, he is, he's, he's a young man, but has a lot of experience as well, you know. As, as we all know, he's um, Gary Rogers. Unfortunately, with COVID, you know, they, they shut their doors on their supercar program, and, but that didn't mean that Jimmy wasn't still driving, you know. He's driving a lot of stuff. He's still currently driving a go-kart. He was in a go-kart last weekend. Um, so he hasn't lost his speed, he hasn't lost his talent, he's just sort of been on the sidelines in supercar world for, for a couple of years, but um, it's almost like the old comfortable slipper for him. In, in one race meeting, he's very quickly got back up to speed and, and he's very comfortable with the team and everyone in it, so uh, yeah, we're looking forward to some big things from him. He would have raced a, a ZB before, but not one of the 888-built cars. That's correct, yeah. yeah. yeah so he's been you know, familiar, but not acquainted with that's right yeah yeah and even he he commented you know after Townsville that I'm glad to get that one under my belt you know it was just just getting comfortable back in the car again and these cars are a little bit similar to what he'd driven in the past even though they were the same car manufacturer but um, yeah they are a little bit different to drive and he was happy to get that one under his belt and yeah we just moved forward from here the other change was the engineer a man who'd been with the team before and it's different guys that being Team Sydney or, or um, Techno Jeff Slater came back um, and joined you, and he's working with Chris Pitter, yeah. um, and they're making you know small inroads. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, I think um, yeah we're very fortunate to get Jeff. Um, he, he found himself available uh, only a few weeks ago, and, and we're very fortunate to snap him up. He's got so much experience within the industry, and and I guess same as Jimmy, he's, he's um, fallen into place very quickly, and he's found himself very comfortable. And um, obviously, the, it's a brand new team now, but there's so much structure here. I think it's so much better than what he was experiencing last year. And um, and you know, he's he was very impressed how the team's performing already. From a, you know, not only from a performance side of things, but from within internally, and he was very happy to, to sign on for the rest of the year. So we're very excited about that. Okay, engineering. Um, there's been another departure from the team. Engineering 
uh, James Golding um, in the uh, other car mm-hmm. is Sheldon. Yep. yep. Sheldon. So he's uh, he's been with us all year. Uh, a lot of experience um, with with the MSR in, in years gone by, and um, we're we're fortunately. Uh, fortunate to have him, but unfortunately, it's on a, a contract type basis. So he's he's fly in, fly out. It's it's not ideal, but he's still to have someone of his talent and his ability being able to fly in is uh, is sort of beneficial at the moment. It's it's hard to try and get engineers at this stage of the year. You know, they're already tied up to a to a role, and you know th- this engineering role is so unique. You can't just get a, a bloke out of uni and expect him to you know to run a car and. And, and run a race meeting because it's, it's very difficult. So, um, you know, we, we want some good guys and it's just hard to find them at the moment. Okay. Now, um, of course, one of the big parts of the championship are pit stops. Mm-hmm. And it was, you know, a handicap that, that you had to start the year with. You've got a bunch of guys, some of whom hadn't really had experience in supercars before and certainly not in pit stops. So that's something that, you know, you can definitely do, bring your experience from many years in both F1 and... and uh, and supercars in itself. Yeah. So, what have you put in place to, to do that? Yeah, you're dead right. It was hard to get sometimes the same person back the next race meeting in, into the same role. So, you know, you, you keep getting different people trying to do pit stops every other weekend, and it just doesn't work. So, we're very fortunate from Winton onwards, we've got the same mechanics doing the same things. But from my side of things, it was just implementing procedures and, and the way to do things to make it faster. You do you slow the movement down, you do the same movement every time and eventually the, the speed comes with it. So it's almost slow down to speed up. It sounds weird, but it's getting that muscle memory right, making sure the guys are doing the right things. And it's just small little tweaks here and there on their procedures that they were currently doing to make it better. Do you video your, your pit stops and things like that? Yep. Be able to analyse it then and, and yep. look at... And and do you have people like uh, ergonomic people? I can't remember what they're called. Physiotherapists. Yeah, like physios and stuff. Yeah, yeah. Do you have them involved? Um, I, I don't believe it's necessary at this time. I've worked with them in the past in, in various different roles. So, you know, you sort of you learn a lot from what they say. But um, as far as um, ergonomics, it's not a natural motion to do a pit stop. Like you, you're hinging off your back. You can't squat low enough. You're rotating from side to side. Uh, as far as that goes, a physiotherapist would cry at the movement the guys have to do, but it's about getting as low as they can, like anything, centre of gravity, getting them as low as they can, keep the movements short and sharp, and just don't over-exaggerate something, and, uh, and then the speed comes with it. Okay. And at the same time that those guys are doing that, and obviously spannering on the cars and building them, um, the cars themselves, um, you're pretty happy with the way they are at the moment? Yeah, 100%. The cars the cars are built to um, the same spec as what Triple Eight are. Like, you know, it's no secret that we are a, a big customer to Triple Eight, and, and those cars are exactly the same as what um, SVG and Brock have. So um, prior to this year, they weren't at the same spec. There, there was a lot of work that had to be done behind the scenes to, yeah, to get them up to speed. So, you know, there's no excuses now. Those cars are, are in A1 condition and, and they're the same as what the two Red Bull cars are. And Kenny McNamara does your engines as well. Yes, yeah, Kenny, Magna does our, Kenny Mac does our engines. So the same thing, we get the same service as what he provides all his other customers and, and we can't fault that. They supply people to us throughout the weekend. So we have one of his employees here looking at data and telemetry and things like that and uh, making sure nothing's going wrong with the engines. They'll be forever tuning the map and, and doing what they need to do to get the most performance out of the engine. I'm going to put you on the spot now because would like you to rate A, um, the team's performance up to date, up to round seven, 
um, how they've gone, and you know, not against expectations, but how they've gone out of ten, say, you know, sort of thing. Yeah, I, it's so hard. I'm I'm a very hard marker, as everyone is in the team. You know, like it, the the performance of the guys to get it from where it was to where it is now is eleven out of ten. They're, they're like, everyone has been over backwards, gone above and beyond um, to get the team where it is now. Um, you know, and, and that that mountain never stop. You never stop climbing that mountain. It's still going. It's always going to be ongoing. But um, you know. I'll, I'll never ever grade anyone perfect because no one's perfect. There's always room for improvement. There's always things to, to learn from and move forward. But uh, to get to the team where it is now, the, the boys and girls have done a, a fantastic job and uh, I can't fault them for that. But, yeah, always looking to improve, always trying to find that one percenter and, and try and move forward. Okay. Now yourself. Yeah. <laughs> You're probably a harder marker on yourself yeah. than, than you are on the team. But, yeah. Um, Given that it was a new job you moved into, and there were so many areas that you had to learn about, um, I mean, the commercial side is one thing when you're running a Super 2 team to suddenly this is at a different level. Yeah, yeah. How do you judge what you've done this year so far? Um, yeah, again, I'm, I'm, there's no, no harder marker than myself on myself, so I'm, I'm forever critiquing myself and trying to learn and trying to do as much as I can. A lot of reading, um, try, try and make myself a, a better version of myself, even in a month's time, so that, that's an ongoing process. But, yeah, there, there is certain aspects to this new role that I had... I knew about, but I didn't. I wasn't actively involved in. And, and as you said, the commercial side of it's huge. You know, like the running the team is one thing, but keeping all our partners and sponsors happy as well, and engaging with them, and making sure they're getting bang for their buck. That's a another side of the the role that I sort of probably wasn't really as deep in as what I need to be now. So, um, you know, yeah, always trying to make keep, keep them happy and make sure that they're happy to come on board for next year is um is a massive part of the role that I didn't really expect that was going to be so heavily involved in. Given you've got two such one enormous in Coca-Cola and Subway as well brands that I imagine that you would have very much in mind um, enjoy the success you've had and look forward to better success in the future. Is that, is, you know, that in, in embedded in the team's thinking? Yes, yeah, 100%. Yeah, These are massive global brands. They're, they're, they're huge worldwide. So, um, you know, it's very new for Subway to be involved in, in motorsport. You know, it's uh, it's something that... They're, it's really funny. They're not really too concerned about our performance on track. They're all about the journey. They're all about being with the team, a new team, moving with it, growing with it, and, you know, trying to implement some things that they have from their business model in, into racing and trying to know and understand that. And um, they're, they're very excited about what we're doing, you know, both on and off track. It's not only the podiums that they're looking forward to, it's the journey and coming on the ride with us. So that's exciting. And yes, and the same with Coke, you know, Coke, Coke are all about the, the story and, and the movement and, and being with it. So we're very fortunate to have both those sponsors. I'm with Matt Stone of Matt Stone Racing. The team has grown very quickly from being a Super 2 team or development series team to main game with two cars and you've got two drivers in there and you're, you're out there hustling. Um, how do you judge your year so far? Look, I think we um, I think we hit the ground running at the start of the year. Um, you know, we had two, two cars running with good pace. JLB had a bit of a tough run, you know, getting tangled up in a bit of mess on, on track, but... Um, but his, you know, his qualifying pace was uh, was off to a good start for the year. 
Uh, but whereas Todd had a much cleaner start, you know, getting a lot of top ten, a couple well, of top you, five. Well, you'd obviously finishes. known Todd for some time, having run him in development series and main game. So. Yeah, look, and we, you know, while while this is Jack's first year with the team, you know, he's been in parallel. Um, you know, we've raced against him in Super Two, and you yeah. know, his career has come up into the main game in the same trajectory as both Todd's and the teams, for that matter. So. Yeah. Um, but yeah, look, we, we start, we're happy with our start to the year pace-wise, um, just, you know, a bit of bad luck on the, the car 34 side of the garage, um, but certainly the last, we've been a bit of a slump on the 35 in the last, um, sort of, I guess you'd say the second quarter of the season, um, whereas um, on the car 34 side, you know, they sort of ironed out a bit of the on-track issues, getting tangled up in less mess and, and started to get some better results, and, you know, they're, they're sort of coming on song, so... We, we've had uh, good pace in, in general um, that we've been happy with, but we can't seem to coordinate both sides of the garage to get it right on the same day. <laughs> uh, we seem to be... Well, you want them fighting each other, almost. Yeah, look, I think I think on pace-wise, most rounds we go into it and we can't tell the difference. You know, both cars are as quick as each other, yeah. but when one, one has a good bit of good luck and a good run, the other one seems to have the opposite. So, um, you know, if we could get... Uh, we keep saying if we could just get both of them firing... Both both cars firing um, on the same day and and get a couple of good results. Uh, it would you know get us back in where we in the hunt for where we want to be in the team's championship. Um, but you know that this sort of mid-season slump that we're in at the moment has, has cost us a bit in that regard. Okay. David Couchy, who's the team principal, team owner, no, team owner. No, they're, team they're, principal. They're not in the country even. No, you may as well be. Yeah, yeah. Let's say the team owner. No. Indeed, indeed. David, um, just wanted to... Not that I've ever called you David. You know, you're not known as David, no, are you? No, one calls me that. Your mum. mum. Well, I'm not going to start calling you David and Couchy. Um, just a couple of things first off. Maybe we'll talk just Gen 3 to start with, because that's obviously a hot topic. Yep. Um, you're nearly getting sign-off bits and pieces on all the different components... Jeez, you're lucky, man. Um, of, ...of the car, and obviously the testing's been going well. The final shape's not known because the new car comes out from the US in another month, I think, something like that, month yep. and a half. You and, and the team have uh, shown great pace on a number of occasions this year and there's some podiums in there. And the one thing, and obviously you were having to learn a car and a team and all the things that go with that, uh, but you must be encouraged by what you've seen um, so far with Grove Racing. Yeah, absolutely. You know, so far we, we you know, we, we, we're having a we're having a, a good year as such. You know, it's it's not. Uh, of course, you know, we always want to be we want to be getting podiums every single race, and of course we want to win races. And um, but there's a process to get there. You know, so I, I'm happy with with, with how we're progressing. Um, the team's been working great together. Everyone understands that there's a, you know, there's a big a big sort of mountain to climb to be able to get to the level of you know championship winning team. Um, so you know. But we're just working away at that, you know, inside, trying to, trying to just keep our head down, um, and, and and you know, keep it, you know, look at ourselves, you know, internally, uh, and not getting too caught up on the on the on the results. But of course, results are important. You know, this is sports competition. Uh, so at the end of the day, you know, where where you finish does matter. Um, so, but we're, we're working away to, to make sure that we can consistently be up there in that in that top five, and then uh, we keep chipping away from there until we're consistently on the podium. Now, a number of times it's been publicised, obviously, um, that your teams had some performance upgrades, and they've you know appeared to have been you know substantially worthwhile and beneficial yep. have you got any more for the balance of this year or are you sort of planning on things yeah look we had a big push um earlier in the year to you know to to bring some upgrades and to you know a lot of it was 
even just sort of reliability um, related. You know, we had a we had a failure at AGP um, of some front suspension components, which we knew were were on an issue. So we'd we'd always plan some some basic just structural upgrades and things like that, um, almost more from a reliability and um, tunability perspective as opposed to an outright performance perspective. So yeah, we had a pretty clear plan, um, you know, from early on, and we were very aggressive um, in those first few months. Yes, we still have some upgrades coming, but they will, you know, that will slow. Um, uh, and it's more now about really just understanding the car that we have. Um, you know, it's it is hard to be. You know, you don't get a lot of testing time. Um, these two-day weekends are very compressed. You know, two half-hour sessions. It's very difficult to learn and understand new new components in that, um, yeah. in that time. So it's it's the the way the category is structured with very limited testing, um, very little limited practice time. It is very difficult for teams that are trying to climb up the up the grid um, to to really learn. And you know, again, and we've got you know new people and. Um, you know, uh, you know the team still learning each other. You know the, the the people side of things. So it's a difficult task. But now we're more focusing on you know understanding what we've got, working with the people we have, and and, and looking at our systems and processes um, as opposed to bringing you know new componentry every weekend. But okay. there are there are still a few. Indeed. Um, and of course, the big question is moving from Queensland. I yes. mean, you're a Sydney Zion originally. Sydney and then Queensland for 14 years. Yeah. And now yeah. Melbourne. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, how is that transition? <laughs> well, the first few months there were uh, were really warm. I think it was a great it was a great summer. But, um, you know, January, February, March, and then it got cold really quick after that. So yeah, look, it's not. I can't say I'm a big fan of the cold, but you know, throw a jumper on and get on with it. Craig, it was an interesting weekend um, because obviously it was only the last race that was affected by the weather, but um, there are a number of elements to the weekend that provided something of an insight, um, A, into the new management, the new owners of, of supercars. They didn't cover themselves with glory. They made a bit of a mess as the... Uh, you heard uh, talking about with with Dylan about the uh, mess up with the tyres. It was a non-issue really because there's such small margins involved in this. And as years ago, I remember full well in the days when Paul Romano was had some Bridgestone tyres at the same time HRT were running on them, and everyone sort of said, "Oh, Paul Romano's oh he's got the best tyre, you know. Oh yeah, well it's no wonder he's done well in qualifying." Well, you got to drive the thing, so you can't just the, the tire doesn't actually drive itself. And uh, as we well know, that uh, Zach Best did a champion job to uh, put that car on pole and to pick up a fifth place in uh, that wild card race. He'd had a very dud round up at Townsville due to uh, elements that were out of his control, but here he certainly shone well and truly back. And I imagine that Dylan, as he said, he's looking forward to Saturday. Stand down and beyond to get uh, possibly another Super Two Championship for Dickford. And whilst we're talking about the team's championship, we will say that Holden has strapped up the manufacturers and can't be beaten now. Red Bull is only 86 points ahead of Shell V Power Racing Team. And then you've got Walkinshaw Andretti United. The soccer club is 1,062 points behind. 
Erebus next, Brad Jones racing behind him, Team 18, then you have Truck Assist Racing, um, SCT Logistic TRG Transport Solutions, which is the second of the Brad Jones teams, the Blanchard Racing Team's ninth, then you have the next of the Walkinshaw Andretti United's, and Image Racing down there in 11th. And I think that's one of the great stories that Image Racing is done well enough with Jordan Boys over just a couple of races that they're actually on the leaderboard with uh, 130 points, which is 20 points behind the second Walkinshaw car, which of course was their wild card back at uh, Winton. And I think it was Darwin as well. Now, what is missing from that that I can see? I can't see in this point score where Tickford is. And that, to me, is fascinating in and of itself because they've only got the nine regular teams on their Dunlop Team Championship board, Tony. Uh, yes, I, I don't know that. Can't imagine why that's happening. I haven't heard of a penalty for the team. And also the other team that's missing off that chart is also the Premier Racing Team. They're not being shown on the team's championship. We might need to do a bit of an investigation into that one. But Shane Van Gisbergen leaves the championship by over one race meeting. He's 354 points ahead of Anton Di Pasquale with Cameron Waters, 380 points behind. So there's 34 points between second and third. Then it's Will Davison and Chaz Mostert rounding out the top five. Brock Feeney having a fantastic debut year in sixth place with David Reynolds, Andre Heimgardner, Brody Kostecki and Tim Slade rounding out the top ten. Now, seeing Brock Feeney so far up the order, it does prompt me to think, where did Will Brown and Brody Kostecki finish in the 20... 21 season. I need to look that up quickly whilst uh, you sum up the year so far. It was a terrific round in terms of there was uh, plenty of uh, passing going on, uh, obviously more so in, in the wet. Um, I think probably the, the drive of the day was uh, Shane, obviously, because he won it, but also Brady because he came from 13th to 3rd, um, which was a, a terrific drive and obviously demonstrating again that. Uh, Blokes who uh, live in the wet maybe know how more to do it in the wet. So, yeah, it was a tremendous uh, for that reason. Um, very much looking forward to Sandown and getting back there. And, of course, enormously looking forward to when uh, we get to Bathurst, which is only a couple of rounds away. Um, interestingly, this uh, today um, was the launch of the Adelaide 500, the relaunch of the new race that being one that's at the end of the season rather than the start. And it was uh, fascinating. They had uh, 10 of the uh, 25 drivers there of the season regulars, and they launched the, uh, I I think, the tickets have gone on sale, and they've been priced at 2012 prices. So there's obviously no price gouging going on. They're trying to get people back there in big numbers. They've announced some uh, terrific bands. Um, I, I remember hearing Todd Kelly, uh, Todd um, Hazelwood, looking forward to watching the Killers for the first time. Well, I too will see them for the first time. I wonder if anyone does a Jack Rewalt. Does the winner of the Adelaide 500 get up on stage like uh, Jack Rewalt did at the end of the AFL Grand Final? What was that? Twenty seventeen. 
Was that with the killers as well? That was the killers. Right, okay. Well, they might be ready for it this time around. Anyway, at that launch today, it was announced that uh, while Super 2 and Super 3 were always likely to have been there with the uh, main game, they're also going to have the final round of the Touring Car Masters, um, the final round of the S5000s, which is the third and final round of the Tasman Series, and also a fifth and final round of the GT Series, which is terrific because GTs have run on that uh, Adelaide 500 quite a lot of times, and it'll be great to see. I think there's one interesting aside to it that when uh, the Touring Car Masters cars roll out with one John Bow, who I think sits on top of the points at the moment, um, he will have driven at every Adelaide race, that being both the, the Adelaide Grand Prix races from 1985 all the way through in Touring Car Masters after doing supercars for some years as well. So John Bow is always a favourite with the fans and, of course, with us at Inside Supercars. So it was a wonderful uh, weekend and um, certainly good to be back in South Australia. I've done my fact check and in 2021, Will Brown finished eighth and Brody Kostecki finished ninth, which certainly does underpin the work that... Brock Feeney is doing at the moment as he sits in the uh, championship results up in, what did I say, sixth position uh, at this stage. And there's no reason why you think he's going to move further down the order because he's been racing up the front all year. Looking highly likely to get ever closer back to one of those podiums. It's been fantastic uh, being back at uh, Tail and Bend. It's a wonderful circuit and great to talk to a lot of people at the track. We hope you'll enjoy us again and join us for another edition of Inside Supercars next week. Inside Supercars is produced by Thunder Media. Tune in next time for more or lock in the podcast on your iTunes or mobile device. Search Inside Supercars. The views expressed on Inside Supercars, including the panellists and guests, do not reflect the views of the network, Thunder Media or Sport Radio. Any publication or rebroadcast of the show without the expressed written permission of Thunder Media is strictly prohibited.